0: I'm Asan. it's Saturday, and this is the Friday show. Been a glut of goals for City in the last seven days, nine to be precise, and joining me to look back on the week that was, and look forward to the FA Cup tie against Wigan on Monday night, I've got Lloyd and Howard. Morning, Lloyd. Morning, Asan. Not too early for you, is it, mate?
1: No, all good. All good. Excellent. Sensible light last night.
0: Excellent. Mr. Howard Hocking, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm okay, thanks.
0: Not too early for you, I hope?
2: Now even I'm up at ten o'clock.
0: So. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, well, look, lads, I've got some questions I want to open with. Lloyd, this one's for you. Who do you want to see relegated from the bottom half of the table, and who do you want to see stay up?
1: Um, I'd quite like to see. It would be great if Arsenal got relegated um, to see Wenger, but that was that would never happen. So, besides from that. Um, West Brom. I mean, I've just never. There's something about Pardieu that I don't know. I've just never liked ever since those kind of Marbella photos of him wearing the glasses and just looking like a prick um, with those girls. I don't know. I just really don't like Pardieu, and I don't think uh, I've never really got it. I mean, they got him in. They're still seven points off, um, off, off. You know, escaping the relegation game with eleven games to go. Yeah, I just feel quite content if he got relegated.
0: Okay. Anybody forget. else down there that you particularly want to see go? Don't forget what Pardy said to Pellegrini
2: as well. So. I'll never forget that.
1: Yeah, and he nutted one. David Myler. I mean, that was a, you know that was really funny,
2: but <laughs> he still <laughs> nutted someone. And that dance he did after they scored in the was it a
1: cup final or was it? Yeah, seven, it was yeah. against United. It was that like against it was United? United it? Yeah, I think it was. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so there's a reel of Pardy like typical Pards moments. So
0: okay, and anyone else you want to see go down, Lloyd?
1: Uh, not really. I mean I, I wouldn't I I really,
0: I wouldn't want Southampton to go down. Okay. Um, and what what about somebody down there who you particularly want to see stay up? Someone you've got a soft spot for? Um I've I think Huddersfield I think I've
1: not particularly got a soft spot, but I think if Huddersfield managed to stay up, I think it would be an amazing achievement given the resources that they've got and um yeah, the playing staff, the budget, like I th- I just think that would be that would be incredible because I think their squad is so so championship. Mm. Um Okay. Cool. So yeah, I think I think they do incredibly well to stay up.
0: Howard, what about for you? Who do you want to see go? Yeah. The
2: problem with West Bomb is I like them as a club. Well, I've got nothing against them, but if you're talking to- purely on playing style and I tend to make the decisions on playing style unless there's a club I absolutely despise but they they all tend to be higher up the table uh, it'd have to be West Brom because just just for years now there's just a, a nothingness about their style of football that just really adds nothing to the Premier League uh, but the team above them as well is Stoke and let's be honest <laughs> I wouldn't mind you know, if they went I won't be missing out on much. Uh, And they have proved difficult. Good away day, though. Is it? The last time I went there, I I was kept in for an hour afterwards. It's always freezing. It's the only ground I've been to where it's been snowing in the last few years. I don't think it's a great away day at all. I mean, when I've been, you tend to stop in Macclesfield, a drink there, and then just go onto the ground. You know, it's not near the centre, is that... I just don't really... They won't be missed from me at all. uh, So... Basically, the bottom two definitely, and above them there's there's a lot of teams. Basically, that I'd like to stay up, so it's hard for me to pick a third team. Uh, as Lloyd said, I want Southampton to stay up, uh, and Swansea at least try to do things the right way. Palace as well, yeah. You know, and, and you know Newcastle would be better for being in the Premier. The Premier League better for having them in, and I'd you know. Promoted clubs generally like to see them stay up and make a fight of it, so I think it's the bottom two specifically. I'd be quite happy if they stayed there. You know, if I had to pick two teams.
0: Okay, I'm surprised that neither of you plumped for West Ham. I think West Ham can go all day long. Awful no, I, owners.
2: I like them as a club as well. So Pause yeah, if to, well. I, 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 they I don't like us. You... It seems a lot of the fans seem to. They think to see. I think they see us as kindred spirits, but obviously. Kindred spirits who won the lottery ten years ago, So
0: Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying, uh, but yeah, no, I just I can't I can't be doing with with their owners. I can't be oh, doing yeah. with Moyes. Uh, just for me, for me, they can they can definitely oh. go management wise. They're the worst of the lot. I think. <laughs> yeah, they
2: kind of deserve to go down for the decisions they've made in the last couple of years. Yeah, and Cameron Brady with a good to see her get a come up. And see. did you see about Leicester? Yeah. That they refuse to deal with her because of her newspaper columns that criticise them. Yeah, it's spot it on. It just shows how amateurish she is, and uh, yeah, her especially. I think in running that club.
0: So yeah. Oh it's mate, a the, reason for seeing the, yeah, the dildo brothers go. ain't any better. I think. Yeah. I think just the three of them, they can they can definitely go. Um, Pardew can go, and the only to be honest with you, when I I kind of look at the the bigger clubs down there, and I, I'm I'm like. You know, if you find yourself down there, you look at a club like Everton, and after everything that they spent, how how their season has gone. Clubs like that, for me, they can go. Do you know what I mean? And if you want to, if I want to pick a side who I who I want to see stay up, I agree with Lloyd that Huddersfield are the one. If if he can, if Wagner can keep them up, I think that would be a a tremendous achievement. um, Based on yeah, like everything that Lloyd said, just that budget, and I uh, yeah. I don't know. I actually have got a soft spot for them. I don't know why, but I kind of from from the moment that they got promoted, I felt like, oh, I hope that that they stay up. Um, was it, this just top, was this bottom half
2: of the table? Yeah, Cause, oh, right. It's a shame because Everton the ninth, and they'd be my number one choice all day long. So
0: are they? Are they ninth?
2: Yeah. Oh, That's moment. I mean, it's so tight, isn't it? Yeah, but they're three points ahead of tenth, so yeah, they're probably going to finish top half, but. Mm. if there's one club I'd love to see go down and have wanted it for 10 years it'd be them
0: for sure really the Eversonians yeah <laughs> funny uh, okay Lloyd how would you prioritise the next few fixtures so that's Wigan in the FA Cup Arsenal in the Carabao Cup final Arsenal in the Premier League on a Thursday night I believe and then Chelsea on the Sunday before Basel on Tuesday or Wednesday so did, firstly, do you think that there needs to be a prioritisation process that goes into this next set of fixtures? And if you if you do feel there needs to be a process, how would you deal with it?
1: I actually think the um,
0: the way the fixtures have been set out it
1: actually gives us an opportunity to basically pretty much go full strength in all of the games if we want to. Um, I don't necessarily think we will, but if you, yeah, if you look how they fall, I mean. So we've got Wigan on Monday um, and we've had that from Basel being back on Tuesday so the players have had a you know, really good rest. Then the cup final is until the Sunday following that, so again six days. Um, then the Arsenal game following the cup final isn't until Thursday, so four days. Um, and then, yeah, OK, the Chelsea game is, is within two days, um, three days, sorry, after that. But, yeah, I think... Just given the space, especially between um, Wigan to Arsenal, to Arsenal again. I think actually, given given the time and given the amount of recovery that we can get into the players, and given the fact that um, we absolutely smashed Basel, and that game is basically over, and we've had six days since then. I actually think we can pretty much, if we want to, we can go full strength in all all of those games. Um, and then, yeah, obviously Basel being that last game. I mean, again, I don't necessarily think he will, but we can, you know, if we want to, start Brahim and Fernand in that game because there's no reason that, for me anyway, there's no reason that De Bruyne or someone like that potentially needs to play because we have, that is just completely done. Mm.
0: Howard, is it, how do you, I, I know you're a man of a nervous disposition, so... Um, <laughs>
2: don't, don't know how he came to that conclusion. <laughs>
0: Working with you for two years, I've I've, <laughs> I've 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 come to that conclusion. Now, how do you feel going into this set of fixtures? And what I mean by that is, if you, if you listen to what Lloyd has just said about the fact that we actually have a lot of recovery time, so in a way, it's not like it's not like suddenly we've got an issue where there's a real fixture pile-up in their big games. And secondly, we have all of these players coming back from injury. Said yesterday that Gabriel Jesus joined the the group yesterday for the first time. Um, Sane is obviously more or less back, so the only long-term injury left is is Mendy, and he's not that far away. So, a week. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but are we kind of in a position where we're suddenly we we suddenly find ourselves with yeah, like the perfect setup or the perfect scenario for this next portion of the of the season
2: yeah absolutely and I'll just back up what Lloyd said I I don't think there's any need to prioritise anything over the next few games and I think the players coming back from injury is key if we still have five or six out we could have seen a very different team against Wigan with the cup final coming up but there's no real need to now because the depth is back in that squad Uh, and and with that six day rest anyway There's very little need. I'm not sure, I'm not convinced he will play our absolute first team against Wigan. I think there might be a couple of changes, but as we've said, we don't really have a first eleven anyway, so it'll be a strong team. But yeah, basically, (laughs) kind of quite literally coming out of winter into spring, it feels that way with the squad. It just looks a lot brighter than it did two weeks ago. Uh, And we have so many options now that I don't think we have to God, you know, we don't have to wrap uh players in cotton wool at the moment, so I don't see any reason not to just go for every game full strength. You know, mm. we've got one that Carabao Cup's done, obviously. Once we play the final, so we'll then three competitions left. Basel second leg, as Lloyd said, that tie's done until the quarter final. So it's so, only you know we're sixteen points clear in the league, so there's there's very little reason for me to make any concessions in any games in the near
0: future. Yeah. Um, Lloyd, would you say that the cup final is the most important fixture in that group of fixtures?
1: Um, yeah, I think it is. Because, you know, if, 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 if we're being realistic about it, I think, you know, we've obviously got a good chance of winning the FA Cup, but we're not far enough down uh, the road of that competition to to, you know, to be... Rubber stamped or really, you know, say that we're yeah, bang in. I mean, by the by the definition of being in a cup final, you know, we, we can basically win it. The league's, you know, it's wrapped up, and we smashed Basel like absolutely smashed them. We got four away goals, so it has to be absolutely has to be. And as I've said before, we are you know, Arsene Wenger is slapping, so it's got to be got to be the priority.
0: Okay, excellent. Um, final question before we kind of look back at the week that was and, and look forward to Wigan. Um, would would giving the FA Cup winners a Champions League place breathe new life into the competition? Um, and the reason that I ask that is because I, I, I saw that Maurizio Pochettino, again, in the last day or two, has spoken about the importance or lack of importance of, of domestic trophies. And I've seen a lot of conversations about how do you make the domestic trophies more relevant actually before we talk about the the champions league thing lloyd do you think that we need to make the domestic cups more relevant somehow or are you happy with their place over or the the way in which the fa cup has diminished in terms of importance is that a problem for you
1: yeah i think we we've, we've we've discussed this before and potential solutions and not I, I think yeah it's... It, it has, it has been diminished and it is a little bit of a problem but unfortunately I think it's it's difficult it's a bit of it's kind of a natural consequence of what I think of what I think is basically the Champions League and the Premier League that's just become this kind of all eating like massive kind of cash cow essentially um, I think what we've seen is that the Carabao Cup's become it's kind of it's had almost new life breathed into it and in that a lot of clubs have you know taken it seriously but also we've had you know a lot of things like with Bristol where kind of teams have come through um, you've seen and obviously you've got the two leg thing which again I'm not necessarily a fan of but it does create for the neutral anyway it creates a really good kind of spectacle and I think because that's all done and dusted in February you know you get you get some really good football in it and you get teams taking it very seriously where the, I think the biggest problem with the FA Cup is it it comes after the stodgiest, stodgiest period of the Premier League, where you know, as we saw, we're finally getting back to good form, and I think a massive, you know, reason and part behind that was because over that period you're having to play every every three days. So, yeah, it is it is it is a concern, but for me, for me, the FA Cup needs to do It's kind of a scheduling issue, and I think a winter break would help massively. But um, yeah, it, it, it is something that. I, that doesn't annoy me because I do think, you know, the FA Cup is, it is important and, you know, that day we had against Stoke and against United was, you know, one of my best days as a City fan.
0: Okay. Um, Howard, are you, are you buying the idea that a Champions League place breeds new life into that FA Cup?
2: Uh, no, not in the slightest to be
0: honest. Okay. And
2: the Champions League has already been diluted by allowing, well, it's five clubs this year, you know, from, uh, or four, or, you know, three from other countries in so it's not the champions but it is still the best teams from that each league so the best four or so on I mean you can win the Europa League and finish eighth and get in but to win the Europa League you must be of some decent quality but you know using this new rule like you could have a championship side like Wigan in the Champions League which you know they would have got that spot a few years ago maybe other teams would have taken it more seriously and it wouldn't have happened but you'd probably get the same, the big four winning the cup anyway, and it wouldn't make much difference because they've already qualified. And I'm not sure. I think it's avoiding the reasons of why it's been diminished in the first place. Deal with why it's been diminished, like stupid kickoff times, spreading games over days and days, you know, the, the kickoff time of the final, and just get back to how it was. Yeah, you know, I think better things are like a better. Way of dealing with it would be perhaps I say an eradicated replays, but it's big money for lower league teams. It's, uh, I don't think this is the reason. I think it ignores why it's been diminished in the first place. You need to reverse the, the reasons for why it's been diminished, rather yeah. than just just clamp some new uh, incentive onto it. And I'm not sure what if it would really make a big difference, and what how does it help the Champions League to have a team? You know, who finished fifteenth in the league or even the Championship side, going into the Champions League, it's just it doesn't make much sense to me. I'm afraid.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I just think that you know, particularly in 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 the Premier League, where we now have six sides who are really Champions League sides fighting for four spots. I think that if you give the FA Cup uh, a Champions League spot, then whoever's fifth and sixth come January throws all throws all their eggs into the FA Cup basket it's not and and if you and like you said if you if you end up with a mid-table side you know if you've got two top four sides who get to the FA Cup final well then who gets the spot then do you give it to you know whoever got to the semi-final it's it's yeah know for me it it wouldn't work either and I tend to yeah. agree that the real issues with the FA Cup I I think the the two major issues are uh scheduling yeah. and the Definitely. kind of the, the the not scheduling from the the club's point of view in terms of it coming after such a saturated period um in the premier league and also like you say scheduling for just from the supporters point of view in terms of moving matches around and you know i don't know it's just i think it's i think it's something that if if the authorities want the domestic cup comp- competitions to be more relevant, then I think that they have to look at themselves and what they've done to make them less relevant. Um, and kind of like Howard said, just by, you know, adding a Tam champions league spot onto the FA cup, it ain't going to make it any better in my opinion. Uh, right. Okay. Um, like I said at the top, it's been a lot of goals this week. Um, Looking back at Leicester and and Basel, Lloyd, I'll 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 start with you. Are we showing maybe our best form of the season right now, or is that maybe a bit over over egging it?
1: I think we're pretty close. I think there's definitely a debate to be had. I, I would probably edge with probably edge with the period kind of in October. Um, I think it was kind of late October early early November when we were just unbelievable and we had the 7-2 against Stoke I think that was probably in terms of in terms of fluency that was probably the best the best period so far but we we really are getting back to that um, back to that level I think Sane coming in back in will massively help that because I think in terms of the attacking game and the fluency he adds you know so much to that just through his pace, um, and yeah, I think the, the maybe the only thing is that there's defensively there's been you know a few things where um, there's been a few lapses, but like I said on the the post Leicester pod, I mean for me there was pretty much only one in that game, and it was an incident where you know three players kind of made poor decisions, and it was a goal, and literally apart from that, it was nothing. I think in that game it was almost eighty percent possession for City, so. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I'd probably put say not the best, but very close. And it's actually re- the main thing is it's really encouraging that at such an important time in the season we're really hitting the straps.
0: Mm. Um, Howard, do, could, do you think that, that managers can plan for their teams to hit? I remember Ferguson used to say that you know he the way that they would they would train, everything would be geared around the idea that they hit peak form in February, that February yeah. onwards is the moment that they're at their absolute best. Um, is, do you think that that's the way in this day and age coaches kind of prepare sides that you look at, part because once you've got the whole schedule, you can look at parts of the season and go, right, you know, we need to be, we need to be peak in October and then we need to be peak again in February. Or is there a lot of luck involved in that?
2: No, of course. Yeah, of course they can plan it. Just might not always go to plan because they're a slave to fate and chance in a way, mm. uh, like such as injuries uh, and form. You know, managers can affect form, but they can't. You know, can't control the players. I think. Yeah, I think a lot of managers just they see the the Christmas time and the January time is just to do the best. You know, let's just get through this uh, because. There's not a lot we can do with games just every three days, yeah, but then they're looking i mean it's the schedule itself helps them, I think all managers are just looking they see when there's breaks and that's that's when they're at uh and it's yeah that it's it's to do with the schedule essentially uh and they don't have much control over that, so it a lot of it's out of their hands, but it makes perfect sense that this is the time you want your team to be motoring because it's the crucial time. Uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, there's always that argument that United was stronger in the second half of the season. I think it was a bit bit exaggerated, but they did, if you look at the stats, pick up more points in the second half of the season than the first half on average. So Ferguson obviously targeted that running as crucial, mm. uh, though it does overlook the mental side of getting, you know being in a title race. You know, such as like, which has affected other teams against United, but Pepsi in a, a strange position in that he don't have to now go into you know upper gear in the league, so he's kind of getting them ready for cup competitions instead. Uh, but it's not a bad position to be in. No, which I mean, two- it's obviously easier for the bigger teams because
0: they've got the depth of the squad. So, of course, but I, I think that with normally it's the bigger teams that are fighting on multiple fronts come yeah. come this part of the season anyway. Um Howard, which of those two performances impressed you more uh, of Leicester and Basel and why? Oh. That's a tough one because they're both impressive
2: in different ways. Uh I think Oh, That's an impossible question, Asa. Pro- <laughs> you're splitting hair. You're really splitting hairs, to be honest, because we struggled. So, and we've consistently struggled against Leicester. And as I said on the preview last week, I don't think they're a bad side at all. Uh, but obviously, the, the suffering with Mara has only been on the bench. I think Barzo scrapes it because for all of Pep's genius, he does actually have a pretty poor record. In away games in the Champions League, knockout, I think he's only won four out of 20 or something like that. And I know Basel, we're not playing one of the greats of Europe, but to go there and win and win 4-0, I think that has to be seen as the bigger performance in the end because it, it was quite a statement of intent.
1: Mm. Well, we're what going to the you? Leicester
2: game, 13 points clear, and yeah, you know, yeah, it wasn't quite the important game everyone made it out to
1: be. Lloyd, what about for you? Funnily enough, in terms of the actual performance, for me, I think Leicester probably shaded it because I just I just felt like the way that we sustained attacks and just kept the relentless pressure on them um, and just kept coming wave after wave and defended, like I said, really well apart from that uh, that Vardy goal, I, I just found that re- really impressive, particularly after going uh, back to 1-1 think there's a, there's a chance we could have folded there I mean I think if, if you look in at the symbolism and how you know important the two you know the, the two performances were then yeah it's Basel but for me in terms of how we actually played I would definitely go for Leicester just because I think there was another the the Basel game was a little bit weird in that kind of 20 minutes in uh, 15 minutes in I think a lot of us were sat there saying bloody hell you yeah, know we've been a bit ropey here. we've been very open at the back they could have Quite easily got a goal or two, and yeah, so could we. But when we when it was three 0 it kind of felt a little bit like we, you know, we hadn't worked that hard for it. Whereas I think Leicester, just the way we sustained possession and just basically stood on their throats and kept kept the ball for almost eighty percent. Yeah, I think in terms of a performance, I'd actually go for Leicester.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, I'm a bit on the fence. I think I'd probably lean towards the the Basel performance just because. As easy as it was for us, and of course, scoring as early as we did completely changes the game. I think that they have a very, very impressive record at home and it's the knockout stages of the Champions League. And I think that if you go away in 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 any round of the Champions League and you do what we did to Basel, um, I, I think you've got to take your hat off to that. And I kind of – what Howard said about Pep's record – uh, away from home in the Champions League, I kind of think if you factor that in as well, I think it's important. Um, we'll have a we might do a podcast one day. We should have a chat one day about why Peps got such a poor record in the away leg of his Champions League ties. Because I think you know, I think the way I think the, I think the reason that he's got a poor record is because of the way he wants his sides to play, and it does then extend itself to the question of whether that is the whether that's the right way to go away from home uh in the champions league yeah. but i think that's for a different podcast um okay looking at the squad depth for the running have we finally reached a perfect balance in every position barring fernandinho's lloyd i'll start with you pretty much i mean it has i
1: mean it's, it's been amazing how that all basically all of the lads have just kind of come back over the last seven to ten days. Um, again, at the time that we just most needed them to, because we, you know, we're playing in within this month. We're playing in four competitions. Um, so to have them back, to have Silver back, to have Sane back, to have Jesus, you know, very soon to be back, even Delft to be back. I think it makes such a big difference. But yeah, as you said, the Fernandinho one is the one um, that to be honest I actually think if Fernandinho goes down the, the best option for us would probably be to play Delft there and play Danilo or Zinchenko at left back just because Gundogan's been he's been great and like you know like I tweeted the other day I think we've got to that point now where it's 20 games since Marcy said what he said in early December and he's you know showing great form but I don't think he's he, he can play in that position um, and I think we've all seen that so yeah, Fernandinho is still the big question mark uh, okay. for me. But yeah.
0: I, I completely disagree with that about Gundogan. I, I actually see it the opposite. It's something that I wanted to mention on the on the last podcast, but I didn't get round to it. I think one of the things that, that has stood out for me with with Gundo this season has been that I remember I remember when he played for Dortmund very, very, very well. I watched a lot of Dortmund uh over a over a two year period. Um and the thing with Gundogan for me was I always felt like looking back on it, he was at his best when everything is happening in front of him. Yeah. And he can almost see the whole pitch of him, the pitch in front of him and, and, and almost dictate the play Um, playing as a number eight playing further forward. uh, He kind of has to do more of either collecting the ball with his, Back to goal or working, working in much tighter spaces with much less time, um, and I'm not, you know, I think that that's where maybe sometimes he struggles to make an impact. And when I watched him last week, I it really, it really brought me back again to this idea of we should really give him a go. I think in that in that holding midfield role because I think that will. In terms of what people remember from Dortmund and the things that he was good at and controlling midfields and controlling games, I think he's got to be deeper to do that. I don't think that he has the... I think De Bruyne's a freak and I think that David Silva, it's taken him 10 years almost of of playing at City and in the Premier League to get to a position where he can play... um, in that kind of number eight role, that floating eight role, where there's so much defensive responsibility and so much attacking responsibility. Um, so yeah, so it's a bit of a, a diversion there. But if, for me, I think that Gundo, he can play that deeper role. He probably, if he got given a chance and a run, we'd probably find that he was he was brilliant at it. Um, if,
2: if we assume Fred is a done deal, then does that mean you'll probably never get to see him doing that Fernandinho role? Yes, or are we misinterpreting what what position Fred will play? I don't think so. No, Fred,
1: I think it's it's obvious why Fred's coming in. I mean, I I, I think you've raised some interesting points there, Ace, and I just think there's a massive element with Fernandinho for me that you won't realise what you've got until it's not there. And if we didn't have Fernandinho in a big game, I think it would be, I think it, it could be quite vast, the differences. And yeah, I don't know, I think, there's a lot of elements game elements of Gundogan's game that could work, but I just think defensively, just in terms of diligence and how Fernandinho covers the ground, I think we could definitely get away with Gundogan there against you know a lot of the teams. But I, there's no way in a big game I'd feel you know secure with that personally. Anyway,
0: no, I mean I I completely agree with that, and I think that that's something that for me if I talk about win in that role, it's very much about this. I and I thought about it this season as well in terms of managing Fernandinho's games by looking at maybe certain home games where you're going to have eighty percent of the ball and the opposition, even on the counter attack, aren't a massive threat because they haven't got massive amounts of pace. Games like that where you could maybe try Gundogan. I mean, obviously, it's it's not happened. Um, for whatever reason, and now that Fred's coming, like Howard says, I think it's it's unlikely that it will happen, but I do that thing about him playing at, at Dortmund with the whole game going on in front of him and being able to see the whole pitch, and that being integral to why he was as good as he was there, I feel as though that's true, and it might be I'm kind of, you know, confirmation bias, or I'm trying to, you know, I'm shaping my memories to fit the narrative that, that I want to bring forward, but that's certainly what I remember of his of his Dortmund days. Um, okay, looking at Wigan on Monday, uh, and even the Carabao Cup final, actually, um, a week later, would either of you have any sympathy for the squad players when Pep picks his strongest 11 for each of those ties? Or do you think that Pep's going to give some of the Cup players minutes in both of these games? Um, How would I start with you? Uh, no, <laughs> is that enough?
2: Depends what you mean. depends what you mean by squad players again. Into it. I mean, we've got Bernardo and Gundogan have been essentially regulars recently. Mm-hmm. But you know, with a full squad, would they still start? Is the question probably not or not every week anyway? Not sympathy. I think Bernardo Silva's actually had if we. I think he's been involved in pretty much every game this season. Hmm. He's the fourth. He started the last seven or eight yeah, but, now, but, I think as well. But he'd always come on anyway, even you know earlier in the season. I know that's not the same as starting a game, but he's had involvement in matches. He's about the fourth most involved. So he's not been some pariah until the last couple of months, uh, and you know, he's been eased in. I don't think the teams, it's Pep teams, aren't they? They're not going to mirror each other. It, we've said before there isn't a first eleven. And even if if Pep sits down and says, right, I'm going to pick the strongest team I can for the next five games, those teams will differ game by game according to who we're playing. Mm. So I don't think it's really that big a problem. And we can't be sentimental (laughs) in these things. It's about, you know, I don't think we'll win the quadruple, but we have a chance, obviously, to go for four trophies here. So there can't be any sentiment involved. Okay. The problem Um, is, sorry. The problem is, you've just met. You know, I've just remembered the Carabao Cup. There's that question of the loyalty in that cup. That's (laughs) different. The Carabao. I think Pep and Pellegrini used that and kept their loyalty to players. And my personal feeling is that Bravo will, will start in the cup final, and he may show some loyalty to players there. Okay, so I don't that's think ca- I I don't know Yeah, and if he's made that if he's made that promise earlier in the season there's not a lot he can do because then he's doesn't put him in a good light if he breaks promises to players so yeah, you know, when earlier in the season at the start of the season Pep would have looked at that caravan and thought I'm not that bothered you know I'll play these players but it's the least priority then when you get to cup final you think oh, well actually we're here. I'd really like to win this now but if he's made commitments to players I guess he has to keep them
0: Mm. My, the the. I guess the kind of situations that I'm thinking about is now I I'm, I'm, I might be completely wrong but I'm fairly sure that Danilo's played in in uh, every round of the Carabao Cup so then Lloyd would you pick Danilo in the Carabao Cup final if you know Delph's fit Zinchenko's fit Walker's fit Wait where are we playing him? Well that's the question that I'm asking you the, the, this is what I mean about like how do you How do you approach uh, a cup competition where maybe in all of the previous rounds you've used it to give squad players lots and lots and lots of minutes and they've brought you this far and now you're in the final? And I appreciate the 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 goalkeeper thing's a little bit unique, but I think if you look at outfield players, I think the Danilo one's a pretty good example of if he's played in every round and he's got you this far... But then come the final, you know that your best team is Walker on the right and and Delph on the left. Do you, do you take one of them out and give Danilo that that game because he's got you that far?
1: It's an interesting question. I, I think I think if if I, if I if I just think about it, if 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 Danilo was at right back in the Carabao Cup, I I wouldn't be that arsed. And I, I would kind of understand, but I do think you're right to make the distinction with the goalkeeper and I think that that's a different situation. Um, like Howard says, um, I think he nailed it. You know, If Pep's been seen to make promises and has, um, just in terms of how things operate behind closed doors in the dressing room, I think there's, no, there's absolutely no way you can go back on that. And if you've made that promise, that is the promise. And the goalkeeper is a, it is a unique position because there's just no way that Bravo's ever going to play a game Unless Edison gets injured, whereas Danilo's, you know, he he's one injury away from starting every game at right back. So, I personally wouldn't. I would. I. I just think. I. We just have to go for Walker. My only concern with Walker has been that he's played so much football this season. But now that we've had you know two weeks where we've had basically a week off between both games, I'd be playing Walker. But the converse is, if 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 I saw Danilo on on the team sheet with pretty much a full strength team next to him I I, I wouldn't be too asked about that
2: okay I found a solution just thought something on. start with Delino Bravo and then just sub them off after one minute <laughs> simple at least you can say they started the matches then so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that might be a little bit harsher that, tell him him it was that, for that tactical maybe? reasons yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um. okay fair enough look what kind of what kind of opposition are, are Wigan going to be? They're, I believe they're second in League One. Um, they beat West Ham in the in the previous round. Lloyd, you know, is this a potential banana skin? Or you know, is it kind of churlish to even say something like that with the form that we're in? Um, I mean,
1: realistically. And in all of the seasons yeah but I think this is just a freak season and we're, we are a freak team and I think like you said on one of the one of the podcasts this week you know we're turning in performances that in any other season would kind of go go on the end of season DVD and be like one of the best performances we're turning those kind of performances in every game so and I'm, as a City fan this season I'm just not not used to losing games or even really drawing them so it's so hard to go into a game of Wigan and think you know is it a realistic banana skin yeah I mean since Paul Cook's come in they've done a really good he's done a really good job and yeah. there's a bit of a buzz back at that club and you, you know you could see I know West Ham are shy and the Dildo brothers and you know the 42 strikers they've signed since since they've been there which is an amazing list actually if anyone's not seen that definitely check it out um, but you know they, they did play. They played by all accounts. They played really well. and I actually watched some of that game. But given this city team, no, I mean I, I don't think it's you know too out there to suggest. I I, I just expect us to to win. And I'm not saying we steamroll them, but I just think you know we will get over the line. Okay, well,
2: they beat Bournemouth as well, didn't they? The previous round, I think. Did play three 0 That was um, in the replay. Yeah,
1: they've rolled a few Premier League teams.
2: Well, I don't know if the that's two teams who were put in. Yeah, you know, reserve sides out for other reasons. Yeah. I think I think this very much mirrors the Bristol City situation. They're going for promotion and that's their priority, but the if City come to town, probably, they probably feel obliged to take this seriously and having got rid of two Premier League sides, I don't think they're going to be putting a reserve side out. No, I yeah. think,
0: oh, isn't Gary Cook there as well? Gary Cook. Gar- our former CEO, oh, Gary Cook, know, isn't I think he's the CEO at Wigan now, so... Wow. Uh, or the chairman there, so I believe that there'll there'll be a, you know there'll be something a little bit personal for for them as well with yeah. with Gary Cook being there. Yeah. So I can't see them playing a a particularly weakened team or anything like that. I'd expect them to go full strength.
2: Well, they are a bit of- out of form though, aren't they? So they've they've lost the last two league games, uh, surprisingly at home to uh, Blackpool as well last time around. So depends if they bring that form into our game or not. Just- yeah, you know, and that's that's got to be at the back of their minds. They've got a game in hand in first place, so they can still go top, but the level on points with third, you know, which, which is the playoff spot. It's got to be at the back of their mind that a cup run could really affect their... I mean, it's got to be Wigan's absolute priorities to get back into the Championship. So, yeah, I'm still... I think they put the strong side out, but it's got to be playing at the back of their mind that the league's the priority.
0: Yeah, uh, Gary Cook is there. He's a he's a he's a non executive non-executive director, yeah. whatever whatever that is. Um, Lloyd, what what kind of what kind of a game do you expect them to give us in terms of? You know, is is this just going to be a a, a case of a of, of a lower league side who are going to park as many buses as they can, um, or will they try and do something different? Uh... No, from from what I've seen, you know, which
1: isn't a load, they, they they do give it a go, and yeah, they're going to set up defensively. But I think it could be a little bit of a parallel to kind of the Brist, uh, some of the Bristol City games. I don't think they're going to be as good on the ball, and you know, I think that's kind of obvious given the fact that they're in League One. But I do think they'll come at us a little bit. You know, they're going to be at home. Apparently, they're expecting their biggest crowd in years. Um, they've, I think, the club said that on the, on the website. So I think you know by all accounts they're going to come at us, and you know we know how that generally turns out. That really helps us. So uh, yeah, I think I, I, I think we'll be fine. To be honest, yeah. it's
2: said that they did have a long run of not conceding a goal. Uh, I don't know if it was just at home or away, uh, but you know I think it was like six clean sheets in a row at home. So the 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 no slouches defensively. Yeah, uh, I'm just wondering you know if the recent results of I tell you that they've gone off the rails a bit. I think the captain Sam Morsey was booked right at the end of the Blackpool game as well, so he misses this game. Uh which is not good news for them. So No, it's a big blow for them that. But yeah, the are not slouches. They haven't been over most of the season. Uh they've been very good defensively, so which suggests a one yeah, you I've know, not seen a lot of them. But seems
0: suggests a very well organised, well drilled side again. Okay. Um just from an attacking point of view, Lloyd, um Will Greg and Nick Powell will they will they pose some threat?
1: Yeah, I mean Nick Powell's actually a pretty pretty decent footballer. I mean, yeah, I think every, every, everyone probably, you know, I think everyone's aware of him came through at United. I think he was used a bit by Van Gaal. Um he came on for that uh I remember that really famous substitution where I think he came on for Matter or something in one of those infamous Vanguard games. But yeah, Nick Nick Powell is a very decent footballer and um and and you know Will Gregg's got that song about him, but he's got that song about him because at that level and you know, for looking, he bangs goals. Um and you know, I think he scored he scored twice in the in the game against West Ham and he's I think he scored something like sixteen or around that around that number this season. So yeah, I mean they'll de- they'll definitely pose a threat. Nick Nick Powell's kind of a, you know, he's a big guy but a good footballer as well. He's got a really good touch. So they w- they will pose a threat, but um yeah, I do sound like a bit of a broken record. I just I really just can't see us having too many issues with them.
0: No, that's right. That's uh it's it's completely understandable. Um okay, look, I think I think I'm going to 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 ask you both to wrap this up by giving me a a, a score prediction. Um and also, just uh, whether you think we'll play our strongest team or not. So, Howard, do you think we'll play our strongest team?
2: No, uh, no, but well, not far off. I don't think he's not going to make a load of changes. Okay. I think we're talking. I think Bravo might start again. Okay. Because he's been just domestic cup keeper, and so him and Danilo, you know, if you, those sort of changes, still a very strong side. And
0: give me a score prediction.
2: 1-3. Can I just complain as well. The the actual draw is tonight, Saturday evening, which is, is ridi- it? ridiculous. When half the games are still to be played, yeah.
0: I had a look at that earlier and was a bit confused. It was like, oh, that's why? Really are they, weird. Yeah, why have they got the draw? And when you know loads of those results won't be. Uh, won't well, it's be not known. that
2: many. There's only yeah two to go in I think there's only. Is there only one game tomorrow? But still, and it just shows you they mess it about, don't they? It? It's a Monday night normally. And, that, you know, you used to listen to it on the radio, and it's and now it's Saturday evening after the United match. It's just just little things they mess about with. Don't it? it does not help matters at all.
0: So.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, Lloyd, what about for you? Strongest side, or would you see a little bit of minor rotation?
1: I think minor rotation. I think Howard's right. Bravo will definitely start. I think, yeah, Danilo could start um could swap, you know, the centre backs and not play, you know, whatever is our first choice centre back pairing now. I mean, I really don't know what that is, to be honest, right at this very moment. But yeah, I think just just given the amount of time we've had between now and Basel and given the performance in Basel, he can, he can go really strong. So I'd expect really strong team with maybe yeah, a couple of Danilo's and Bravos.
0: Okay. I I'm gonna be a bit controversial and say that I'd be really disappointed if if Foden doesn't get a start against Wigan, because I think that he's back. He's fit of, of all of the positions. Uh, you kind of look at center mid and you look at KDB and I don't know. I just feel like that Monday is, is a moment and it's an opportunity with Foden uh, before anybody else with him. That's a real opportunity. So yeah, so I'll be, I'll be disappointed if we, uh, if we don't see him Um yeah, that's a good shot like that. But yeah, beyond that, I think the Danilo Bravo rotation I can kind of get behind. But beyond that, I'd want to see strongest, strongest team. Um, I think, I think we'll, I think we'll win. I, I can't imagine it'll be a massive. I, I don't think it'll be a high scoring game. I think it'll just be a. I think it might be a one nil or a two one, but but nothing really, really beyond that. Um, right, okay, gentlemen. I want to thank you both for giving up your Saturday morning. Lloyd, thank you very much. Pleasure, mate. Howard, thank you very much. Yeah, also a pleasure. To everybody who listened, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next Friday with a Friday show as opposed to Saturday. We'll be back on the ninety-three twenty player on Tuesday with a review of the Wigan Cup match. Uh, In the meantime, have a lovely weekend and up the blues.